In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes in order that we might have the Helper, and that we might grow. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's Pentecost Sunday, and as Pentecost Sunday, it's, it's this Sunday that we celebrate the work of the Holy Spirit. And honestly, the, the Holy Spirit is kind of this uh, sort of forgotten member of the Holy Trinity. Uh, we, a lot of times we, we spend a lot of time about thinking about God, and usually when we think about God, just that term itself, we're thinking about God the Father, we're thinking about uh, the, the person of the Trinity who has created the world, we're thinking about the person of the Trinity who is sort of the producer in this entire experience that we have, the guy who has control over what is going on in our lives and the lives of others. And we certainly think about Jesus. We think about how he has come and he has died on the cross and rose from the tomb and how that forgives our sins. But then we get to the Holy Spirit and we kind of wonder, well, what really does the Holy Spirit do? And so we, we think and, and uh, you know, we, we kind of go back in our minds maybe to catechism time or, or uh, confirmation time and, and you, you, you get this strange word that is this word that is sanctified, that the Holy Spirit sanctifies us and you go, well, I have no idea what that actually means. And so we're just kind of like, well, you know, Pentecost is only one Sunday and maybe I can just skip the Holy Spirit altogether. But you're here, and so you're not able to skip it this Sunday. And the Holy Spirit is an important part of our experience of what it means to be Christians. And even on top of that, it was an important experience of what it meant for the disciples to be followers of Jesus. This gospel lesson is kind of an interesting one because this gospel lesson in a lot of ways is a graduation speech. It's a commencement speech that Jesus is giving to his disciples. He's saying it's time for you to move on to the next stage of what this is. He's saying, I'm going to send you the helper but I'm not going to be here. And he recognizes that that makes the disciples, well, kind of sorrowful. And he says uh, that they are so sorrowful, in fact, that they're not even mentioning it. It's one of those moments. If you've ever had one of those moments where there's some distinct sadness out there and you just don't want to say it because you, you think that maybe if you just don't put words around that, well, then maybe then it doesn't actually have to be the case. Maybe if I just refuse to say anything about it, well, then it'll just all up and disappear. But if I say those words sort of like magic, it becomes a reality. And so Jesus is saying, I'm not going to let you do that. I see the sorrow on your faces, but I'm going to talk to you about what this means that I'm going to leave you. And he says, this is actually a good thing. It's a good thing because you're going to get this gift of the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is going to enable you to be much more 
than just 12 disciples who are hanging around their rabbi. This Holy Spirit is going to enable you to be the church. A reality that if you think about it, the disciples had no idea what that was going to look like. Now, of course, we know exactly what that looks like because we're in a church. And we are a part of the worldwide church. But the disciples have no clue what that looks like. They have no sense of what that is. And so for the disciples, they think, well, I just want to stay here, Jesus. Can't we just stay in the Garden of Gethsemane all night? Maybe we can hide from Judas when he comes. Quite frankly, that's kind of where we're at a lot of the times, too. God sends us his Holy Spirit, and his Holy Spirit has this, well, sort of annoying habit of convicting us, as Jesus says, concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because, well, we are sinners. And so when we feel that tug on our heart at the beginning of this service, or maybe sometime throughout the week, when we feel that tug on our heart that says you're doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing, we think that maybe that's that annoying angel who sits on this side of our shoulder, and then there's the devil who sits over here, but in fact it is just a bird who's kind of up here. The Holy Spirit is saying, no, 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 no. Repent of that. It's a sin. And let me convict you with something else that is righteousness. Because not only does the Holy Spirit say, hey, that's a sin. I mean, that in itself is annoying enough and is a good reason for us to ignore the Holy Spirit because he convicts of of our sin. But on top of that, he ups the ante a little bit and he says, well, I'm going to convict you concerning righteousness too. I'm not just going to show you the stuff that you're doing wrong, but I'm going to show you good stuff that you could be doing that you're not. And so you go, "Ah, now I get why I want to forget about the Holy Spirit. But then Jesus says, he's also going to convict you concerning judgment. Which we go, yeah, I'm already there, man. But how Jesus frames it is different. How Jesus frames it is, he says, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Yeah. He's not talking about you anymore. He's talking about what Jesus did on the cross. That when Jesus died on the cross, that he became the victor of our kind. That he became this victorious hero of what humanity is. And that the Holy Spirit is convicting us of that as well. Not convicting us in the terms of we're convicts which is how we feel with the other two, but this one is convicting us with this sense that we actually believe this. It's like the tension between when we confess our sins and when we confess the creed. This is the confess the creed part. This is the part that says, whoa, 
I'm okay. Have you ever seen a first grade desk? <laughs> I was thinking about my first grade desk this week, obviously. My first grade desk was this metal frame thing. It had a metal frame and a little book carrier underneath it. It had some wood slats as the seat and another wood slat for the back. And then it had this sort of arm thing that curved around me. Man, I love that desk. I still think about that desk. I think about all of the kids who had written stuff on that desk before me, shown, you know, this, this history of humanity. And now I look at my desk, which is significantly bigger. It, it's three feet by six feet, and it's covered with junk. My other desk, there wasn't enough room to cover it with junk. But there's a reason that I've moved on from that desk. And the reason that I've moved on from that desk, even though it was a great desk, I love that desk. The reason I moved on from that desk is that, well, it's a first grade desk. And we give you about a year to get through first grade. You know, if there are extenuating circumstances, we may give you two. <laughs> We give you about a year, generally speaking. And the, the reason that we make those desks so small, I think, is to just reinforce, hey, you can't stay in this thing until you're 13. Well, that's sort of some of what the Holy Spirit does. And the way that the Holy Spirit does it is just in this sort of natural way. In, in a lot of ways, it's like the natural way that we move from first grade to second grade to third grade to fourth grade to fifth grade. Because pretty much all of the subjects that we're studying in those grades are all the same, right? It's like math and history and English and science. But every time we move up a grade, we're, we're moving deeper in. And we're learning more, and, and we're, things are getting fuller. And if we had just stayed in first grade, we just wouldn't get as much stuff. Well, well that's what's going on in these readings. As God is saying, it's time... For us to grow. It was time for the house of Israel to grow. And so God came to Ezekiel and he said, let me give you this shocking metaphor of what growing looks like. What growing looks like is that you're going to get my breath in you and it's going to be like you went from dead to alive. In the Acts reading, we see this transformation in Peter where all of a sudden he goes from kind of bumbling dolt, which is who he is for most of the Gospels. And all of a sudden, he's Peter, the spokesperson of the church. 
course, that's also a little frightening for us because uh, we, we look at that and we go, well, that's massive change. You're talking about somebody going from being bones to somebody being alive. And you're talking about somebody going from being Peter to being Peter. And, you, and we go, I don't want that much change. Isn't there a Bible story where somebody changes just, you know, sort of incrementally? You know, may, maybe I go from being somebody who lies to somebody who, tell, who tells white lies. Um, but here's the thing is that that is how the Holy Spirit works in us. That the Holy Spirit is there to guide us through this process. No matter how deep the change is, no matter how big the change is, but the Holy Spirit has promised us there's going to be change. And that that's going to be a good thing. Because the Holy Spirit is there to say, this sin, I'm going to change that. In your life, I'm going to change it to righteousness. And I'm going to put your sins on the cross. They're going to be taken care of. And the ruler of this world will not be able to call you out anymore. And we're just going to do that over and over and over again. And every time you do that, every time we confess our sins, every time we look to that righteousness, every time we receive that forgiveness, we grow. So brothers and sisters in Christ, may you this week look at where you're at as your first grade desk. And may you see in that desk that there is an opportunity for growth. But that the helper, the Holy Spirit, will be with you throughout that process. Amen.